Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello one and all and welcome to After the Checkered Flag, my F1 special series here on the Behind the Glass podcast. You join myself and fellow guest or, or regular guest, Paul Wallace from Super Regular Co- guest who's travelled 1,200 kilometres to be here today. <laughs> you join us in our Airbnb just outside Monaco. If you haven't been following the main channel content or even the main podcast content, Paul and I on a road trip, our first big road trip since COVID kicked off. Uh, And we've been staying down here in in Menton, which is, yeah, I'd say just outside Monaco, about a week now. Yeah, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing until this morning when we ran out of coffee. (laughs) And you might be able to tell. (laughs) Don't worry, Sam. I'll keep keep everything going. That's because you have a co-host word. No, (laughs) guest. That's because you have a Coca-Cola by your foot. So you're full of all the, uh, I don't even know what's in that. Um, But yeah, so I'm going to be slightly lethargic about all things today. But maybe that will be good for this podcast because, well, it was a bit Uh, of a lethargic race. (laughs) A a nice mellow atmosphere for a nice mellow Sunday race. It was more of a Sunday drive. It really was. Who would have thought a wet Turkish Grand Prix would have been so processional? Well, I feel like this season we have seen so many races come out of the blue and surprise us that we were due one of these races. But it just so happened that the build-up, the weather, the notoriety of the track, everything, the fact that Lewis took an engine penalty so was starting midfield, there were so many elements to it that could have bought out a safety car. However, (laughs) my conspiracy (laughs) remains true that when Aston Martin have their safety car, it never gets used. (laughs) It's such bad luck. God knows how much money they've paid. They will sell that car at the end of the season with delivery marks (laughs) on. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Whenever there are big safety car races, it's always still with the Mercedes. And that, I mean, it's a great conspiracy, but it is is becoming more and more true as the season continues. I mean, there are talking points. Of course, there are talking points which we're going to reflect. And it wasn't the worst of all races. There was some intriguing strategy towards the end. We did have some great drives from Lewis, from Perez from Carlos Sainz but overall I think it was more the expectation we forgetting Bottas in that yes okay Uh, (laughs) no we're not forgetting we're just purposefully not mentioning um but but yeah it just it had so much potential yeah and then it ended up being a fairly low-key race but is that because of what happened in the 2019 race well, but also I think previous Turkish Grand Prix, okay, yes, back in the day, there were some processions, but it has been a, a track that's usually led to pretty exciting action, you know, mm. and, and close action. You know, you've got to go back to, of course, the iconic Vettel and Weber moment, but also Hamilton versus Button. Uh, Massa was dominant there in the early years. Uh, Schumacher, Alonso. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of good fights at that circuit. And then, yes, 2019 was just may. Was it 2019? It was, 2020? No, no, no. The t- 2020, it was, was last it? year. Why did I say that's when, he wrapped, that's when he wrapped up his championship. 2019 was a normal 
Formula One year. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so no, 20, 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, and that was after they had just resurfaced it. It was such a last minute thing to be like, oh my God, we've got the... Uh, makes sense now that it was 2020. Um, and that's why no one really understood the tire degradation. <laughs> yeah, look, at, look at those words. Oh, wow. It's um, like having Nico Rosberg, yeah. <laughs> but then I think the teams, everyone just had a little bit more understanding. Even Pirelli themselves came out and said that in the wet, this tarmac is far grippier than most circuits. So I think everyone knew when they saw the weather, they could predict how that race was going to go. They didn't know whether you'd be able to run the entire race on one set of tyres like Ocon did. Um, it turns out it wasn't really the fastest strategy round, but um, I think it really enabled the teams to, to have a little bit more experience coming to that circuit, uh, having seen what happened last year, because Lewis drove through the Inters on to basically turn them into slicks to get the grip at the end of the track, end of the race. Um, so that's obviously a big factor coming back here with the experience, because they'd obviously not come in such a long time. For sure. I think it was one of those things where, yeah, building up to it because of the mayhem of last year, we as fans expected a lot. Maybe the actual teams knew that it may be different. And we woke up on Sunday morning. Oh, it's going to be wet. It's going to be a wet race. It's unbelievable. Lewis is in 11th. It's going to be a wet race. And then, yeah, they just kind of all just drove through it. And, and the, the track did seem to have a lot of grip. Very few first lap incidents, very few incidents. In general, no big spinnings off, no sort of clashes. And, and I think that was the surprise. But you hit the nail on the head where Pirelli did come out and say that the, the, the surface, the new surface that they've then redone for 2021 was just way grippier. So, yeah, look, let's go through it. Because there are, there are talking points. Things did happen. It wasn't a completely dead race. And then obviously right then we have this theoretical controversy over whether Hamilton should or should not have come into the pits. He's now come out defending his team and, you know, classic Lewis, you know, I was hot-headed in the moment. I love my team. We win and we lose together, except when we lose and I blame them. <laughs> um, so uh, just to rattle off some of the, the sort of the tail end of the grid, Mick Schumacher, so unlucky, unbelievable, Q2 appearance for a Haas. Oh, yeah. He's delivering... Well, he's doing more than he needs to now. At the beginning of the year, we said he just needs to finish races. Yeah. And now he's getting his elbows out of hungry and getting into Q2. Yeah, I feel like he's a, he's a new George Russell. Oh, new don't George start with that. George Russell. Oh, I hope not. With slightly um, personality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, then still beat Mazpin, even though Vettel basically... Pun no, uh, Alonso, sorry, punted him off. I mean, in the most... Un just Alonso. I mean, God, go home. That, was, uh, that, that first lap was frustrating because he kicked off. At Gasly for wiping him out. And then he was like, I'm, I'm going to get someone. And then he just plows into Schumacher. <laughs> yeah. What a mate. Um, anyway, uh, Seb Vettel, unfortunately, as well. Uh, a bit of a messy race weekend for him. Uh, Alonso so ended up 16th. I mean, qu qualified incredibly well. And I, I remember we were listening to a bit of the Sky F1 commentary and they were like, oh, you know, there's old legs in the dog what is it old dog in the legs. Uh, you know the expression I'm thinking uh, of? I mean, you've butchered it either way. <laughs> <laughs> There's still something in the old man, yeah. you know, and then... Uh, Basically, he's old, but still quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, we've seen for a few races now. He's been coming on strong, um, but unfortunately just seems to then punt people off for no reason. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, I thought, was having a strong race when he was defending against... A ben oh, so when he said Schumacher, that was a throwback. Alonso, <laughs> Schumacher. Um, against Hamilton, he was yeah. doing well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I felt like... He he reveled in it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not racing this car. Um, 
but he he really kind of positioned the car well. We obviously saw Lewis line him up a few times in Hungary before going around the outside, and um, it was inevitable. It was inevitable. But the fact that he was able to keep him back for the for the laps, obviously, uh, Max is um, has got snowed on his pay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I think the helmet marker does <laughs> yeah. literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very true. Yes. Um, no, no. I, I I thought it was great for the first five laps, and then when Lewis went around the outside, it was it was it was cool. Yeah, we won't. I mean, we will get onto fanboying later, but you know, Lewis pulling off moves when no one else is pulling off moves. <laughs> um, but yeah, Yuki, who's had a quiet middle half of the season, I think it's good to I see think him. Quiet. Season in general, season in general. Really. he had a great um, preseason testing. Um, looked really fast and produced some amazing interviews. And I think he still does produce amazing interviews. He's a great personality to have on the grid. Um, but we're we're waiting for the pace. Well, he's had a rookie season, hasn't he? He's had a lot. Of, yes. He's had a lot of mistakes, yes. and then I think because of those mistakes, he's lost a bit of his pace because he's worried about the mistakes. Yeah, and exactly that. He's he's overdriving in some elements to try and. Um, what's the word? Compensate? Compensate for his mistakes earlier. Do you um, need a coffee? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, the depressing sight, I think, across this weekend was Danny Rick. Mm, now, yeah. obviously, we had the victory in Italy, and then we had a very strong result last time out, wherever we were. <laughs> Why is my mind suddenly escaped <laughs> me? Thank you. God, that was weird. Um, but then it just looked like Danny Rick of old this year struggling for pace, getting knocked out in Q1, nowhere really during the actual race itself. A, 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 a miserable race for him in, in terms of the weather, but it also in terms of how he performed. And then he became the guinea pig of the entire grid, where, mm, shall we bring him in for a new set of intermediates? Well, we might as well. We've got <laughs> nothing to lose. He really became um, literally like the test him and Vettel were like, yeah. we'll take him for the team, guys. Yeah, and yeah, Vettel's yeah, like, yeah. that was a mistake. <laughs> we need, oh yeah, his, his pitting was... <laughs> on slicks. I mean, like that was, I, yeah. I bravo for trying. We were all sitting there. There was a group of us watching it. We were like, come on, someone do something. Like liven it up. Someone's <laughs> got to go crazy. And when he put slicks on, like, maybe he's going to go five seconds a lap quicker. No, he went 20 seconds a lap slower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nearly killed everyone. Nearly killed everyone, <laughs> including himself. But, but yeah, Danny, I mean, this comes back to theoretically how hard this McLaren is to drive or to learn how to drive. Mm. And certain tracks are going to be able to hide that better than others. But I would have thought Russia would have shown up if it was a sort of fluke in Italy or a particular track that suited Danny Rick. Turkey, I don't think has, you know, it's, it's what was they saying? It's, a sort of sh it's the hard braking. It's the, it's the slow corner tracks mm. that show up the potential it's, issues. Isn't Sochi pretty much all 90 degree right? Angle? I was going to say, it's yeah. a street circuit. So yeah. if anywhere was going to show it up. So... I don't really know what was going on with him this weekend, but it was frustrating to see as fans of him as we are, and considering he's had an upturn in pace. Yeah, obviously that Australian Danny Rick 720S edition is obviously depreciated over the last, <laughs> yeah, the last suddenly, weekend. Suddenly no one wants to buy it now. What a fail. Um, so we're just going to power past the Alfa Romeo's because, well, uh, <laughs> and come on to P10. Oh, can we just touch on very quickly the rumours that Alfa Romeo is about to be bought by Michael Andretti? I mean... Alfa Romeo have got all of the rumours at the moment. But I had no idea, firstly, Alfa Romeo are up for sale, mm. that Andretti wanted Everything to... Everything's for sale, Sam, if the price is right. I think you are correct there. <laughs> that Andretti was trying to get into F1, I had, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, following the Haas model, I wouldn't be as an American thinking, oh, I definitely want to do that. <laughs> and obviously... Well, maybe he's looking at it going, I can do better. 
Well, maybe. I mean, uh, you would hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but rumours have been circling for ages about that second alpha seat. Exactly, yeah. And Giovinazzi, well, Kimi's gone. Yeah. Um, you know, Bottas is going in. Theoretically, they haven't announced who that second seat is, so we've got to assume it's Giovinazzi's in there somewhere. But then Guan Yu Zhou, mm-hmm. who's currently in Formula 2, heavily backed by Alpine and China. Um, <laughs> it's not bad backing. Yeah, he's got a lot of support. Um, we had Nick De Vries uh, bouncing around for a while. That's gone a bit quiet after Russell got confirmed mm. um, at Mercedes and things like that. So, yeah, um, I don't really know what's going on there, but I assume if the Andretti's come in, good for, for Formula 1, good for motorsport, yeah. I assume they're going to want to put an American driver in there. And then who would that be? I have no idea. Mm. I mean, I genuinely... Isn't the best the best driver currently in America, not necessarily, is Grosjean. No. <laughs> it's a big shout. But uh, Grosjean's doing well, but it's Palou okay. and Pato Ward. Okay. So those two are the Verstappen and Leclerc of IndyCar. Okay. And Palou actually just won, and he's 20... He won the championship. I think he's 23, 22, 23. Nice. Pato Award was the runner-up. Grosjean did have some good results, but <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it's a I, bit I, like saying Alonso. It's like the best driver of all <laughs> now is Alonso. I just, I just got fed an Instagram... Explore feed video okay. of Grosjean pulling off these insane. Oh, yeah, moves. he's killing and it. It's like Grosjean from Formula One. And I was just like, overtaking the corkscrew at where's, Laguna where, Seca. Where was this guy? <laughs> in Formula Have you seen one. some of his comments? But, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's come out saying, it's so much more exciting. If you're going to be in Formula One, great, go for it. But if you're an uncompetitive team, there's no point. Yeah. Like you're just managing tires yeah. at the back of a field, like feeling like a spare part, whilst he can get an IndyCar and just have a ton of fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so with him. I'm really enjoying IndyCar at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's a vibe. Mm, and yeah, it's I've good heard, to see I've him. Heard uh, the developments are coming along nicely. Yeah, and seeing that he's getting some results. So but he's got nothing to lose at that point. He's come from Formula One, so I suppose there's something in his credibility. He's coming from Formula One, but it, it's not like... Verstappen has decided to quit Formula One and go to IndyCar. Um, so he, in a way, he's coming in with a blank canvas and being able to create his story. And if he can throw that car around and... I mean, he's obviously not scared about crashing into a barrier and bursting into flames. So... <laughs> He's had at that, that happen. At yeah. that point, <laughs> if you can survive that, crack on. Like, honestly, man has no fear jumping back in cars that are definitely way I'm, more dangerous than a Formula One yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've said so many times, what, just quit. Just after, quit. After that, just quit. Like, you've got a family, you've got young kids, just quit. You've got enough He's money. Like, nope. you, you've got enough money. I go racing. <laughs> yeah. And your family, you're, you come with me. Yeah, fair play <laughs> to him, though. It, 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 it is good to see. I think you're right, though. He didn't have a big reputation to damage. He's unfortunately been off the boil because of his car for the last five years or so in F1. So it's not like when Mansell went as champion or Montoya went to NASCAR or, you know, Villeneuve coming from there to, to F1. So... Yeah, diff- definitely not that kind of level. But at the same time, I feel like it's done IndyCar a disservice if someone like Grosjean, yes. in inverted commas, who is a backmarker in F1, can come across and then start not dominating, but start being uber competitive. We all know yeah. it's a lot to do with the car, and Grosjean's talent has always been there. He's yeah. just been stifled. But yeah, if I was IndyCar, I'd be like, oh God, like, <laughs> why is he doing so? That's embarrassing. Yeah. You can like, tell how good the uh, Turkish Grand Prix was because we just spent five minutes talking about Grosjean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Drive to Survive has helped Grosjean out because it did make him look like a bit of a hero. Oh, didn't it? yeah, yeah. The man that walks through fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's he call himself now? The uh, Phoenix. God. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Back to the Turkish yeah. Grand Prix. Uh, Esteban Ocon. Ocon, Ocon, Ocon. He got his elbows out. There were so many moments where he put the car in places where you're like, well, there's a crash, but managed to get out of it. That completely went over my head. Oh, really? I feel like we didn't see him the whole race. 
In, Who was he doing that in with? In the first 10 laps, there was moments on the first lap, because he was really close to Lewis, okay. where having seen him at Brazil, with <laughs> um, I didn't know whether he was going to be able to get the car out of the position that he had put it in. Sure, you were nervous. <laughs> I, I was, I was, that's I was, Lewis. I was, that's <laughs> Lewis, Esteban. Gavo. <laughs> um, but obviously in the back of his mind, he, he's, he's got Toto on his mind. So. Yeah. <laughs> is he still, is he, st- he can't still be a Mercedes driver. He's an ex now, surely. Ex Mercedes driver with just Toto as his manager. Uh, yeah. There's some kind of yeah. terrifying there's a, there's, there, there's, there is a, there is a weird um, mafioso cro- yeah. crossover. Toto's definitely got a direct link to his car that says, Esteban, you can win this race. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Impressive because he did the yeah. entire race on one set of tyres, inters, which looked like they were about to explode mm, at the end. Yeah. Really down to the canvas. I think it was the front right, I think. But mad impressive. Good on him. Good on him for trying. Showed that it could be done and will be useful. Great advert for Pirelli. Great advert for Pirelli, <laughs> theoretically. Um, but will be useful for when we come on to discuss the Hamilton saga in a second. We can use Ocon as a bit of a case study. Um, Lance Stroll. He had a quiet race, but everyone was saying a, a good race. The mm. commentators were, oh, good on Lance Stroll. Fanta- fantastic race, as always, for Lance. Uh, you just love Lance. You like his dad more he, than he's him. So, he's so consistent. Uh, <laughs> his bank account is huge. <laughs> <laughs> he could definitely sponsor this podcast without even noticing. Yeah, exactly. Lance, Lawrence. 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 Whoever. Uh, would happily talk about that um, Aston Martin as well, the Vantage. We'll we'll talk about the DBX as well. If we have to. If if we're being paid to. (laughs) Um, Solid race from him, I suppose. But let's come on to, I think, the main man of the race, who won Driver of the Day in that that traditionally awkward way of Rosanna Tennant coming on going, (laughs) hi, you've won. 100%, 100% make the drivers jump. Yeah, yeah, they all are like, who's this? Every single time they're like, oh, wow, oh, hey, hi. (laughs) Because she's so full of gusto, do you know what I mean? At the end of a race when they're like, okay, doing all their debriefs, and then suddenly she's like, oh my God, Carlos! (laughs) It's so funny. Um, But yeah, I mean, what a race. He, I mean. He, he, he He was so entertaining to watch for the first half of the race, obviously until he came into the pits. But when he was just carving his way through the field, obviously starting at the back with, who did he start at the back with? Uh, with Ricardo, with Danny Rick, yeah. yeah who, who basically didn't move. Well, you know, Danny Rick P13, he was doing all right because he was early on the tires, but then got mugged towards the yeah, end. Yeah, but in Carlos Sainz P8. Yeah, and also remember, he had the really slow pit stop as well. Yeah, he had the really slow pit stop, but he was ju- he looked like, Mercedes of three years ago, the way yeah. he was carving through the field. Yeah. The pe- I was like, I mean, Leclerc did do a very strong race, but Ferraris looked on song and in Sainz's hand, near on unbeatable. He was just overtaking everyone. Yeah. It took two, uh, took two seconds. Yeah. Whilst Lewis was struggling to overtake Sonoda. Yeah, Sainz yeah. was like, woo, here we <laughs> go. Like, you know. I, I think he just had the bit between his teeth, I think. For whatever reason, um, I think he just needed to show people that that car is fast and he is worthy of that Ferrari seat. Not that anyone is saying that he isn't, but I think he's becoming a, a real surprise to Charles Leclerc um, because I do feel like having locked in that long-term contract, he kind of feels like, hey, I'm, I'm top dog at Ferrari. I drive a Pista in Monaco. And, and Carlos... Why do you sound so bitter about that? I'm not bitter at all. You sounded really like aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Charles. Anyway, so I think the piece is not his own. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. But but Carlos is is now really coming into his own in that car and showing that he is incredibly fast. Um, I always wrote him off when he was going into that Ferrari seat. He's not a Ferrari driver. There's no way that I can see his face in all of the Ferrari gear and getting into a Ferrari car. But now, uh, like I think it's cool. Because it just show it shows how competitive the car is, but it's also bringing the team up to the Mercedes and the Red Bull, which we all want to see whether we're Ferrari fans or not. Having Ferrari and McLaren up there fighting um, just makes the, the entire grid much more exciting to watch. Yeah, he's definitely becoming, I think, a, a very aggressive thorn in Charles's side. I think yeah. we spoke about it whilst we were watching the race. I think Charles had a, a an unlucky but also an imperfect season so far. He's been making the odd mistake. He's been overdriving in certain situations, it, it appears. Um, you know, and it's been a characteristic of Charles's career is that as insanely fast as he seems to be, he can make the odd mistake here and there. And Carlos, as we saw at McLaren, is just able to bash in the consistency. He's unbelievably consistent. And yes, he has also made some mistakes this year, but that consistency is building. And so I think so is the confidence. Mm. And Ferrari, yes, it's good to see them there, but they seem very hit and miss this year. Some tracks they're fast, some tracks they're not. McLaren do seem to have the edge over them. This was an off race for McLaren. I think they still managed to outscore, not Norris managed to outscore science at least, but you would expect that considering Carlos started at the back of the grid. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, still is Carlos ahead of Shaw in the championship, I think by half a point or one point or something like that, you know, and considering some of the qualifying results that Shaw's had, mm. really impressive from Carlos. And I think that team must be going, God, that, I mean, yeah, What's this guy, signing? This guy can deliver. Yeah, yeah, we only needed a number two driver and here we have Carlos. And I guarantee like this is um, definitely, there's no data to back this up, but just based on... Uh, 
Charles versus Carlos's personalities in terms of their calmness, then throwing them into a Formula One car for a race, I guarantee Carlos's heart rate is lower than Leclerc's the entire way around. I just think he's a much calmer driver. Yeah, I would see where you're coming from there. He's got a bit of a Prost button vibe about him, just, smooth and calm. And yeah, he's like, he's like, I'll, 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 I'll get where I need to go. I'm, I'm happy where I am. And and he, and he just kind of will cruise through the race in a much more calm manner. I think we're seeing that from him this year, and mm. I think he's playing a very clever game where he's got that seat, and he knows that that all of the Ferrari backing is on Charles. He is the, the future. He is the dream. The future king. But he knows <laughs> that if he gets in there and does his part, speaks beautiful Italian, super nice to everyone, works incredibly hard and delivers on the results, they'll start to have yeah, to yeah. consider him. And, and when, when that car is fighting for race victories again and those two are going up against each other, I think there'll be a very quick falling out of, of that pair because... They're going to be right level. I'd still put Charles over a qualifying lap to edge out science, at least for this year. Over a race and over a season, I'm not so sure. Mm. And I think they could really start to butt heads and actually create a bit of a problem for Ferrari. Yeah. Um, I think Leclerc will continue to be the golden boy, and I think he will come good. And I think he is still, I mean, I love the guy, but yeah, it's, just, it's been a bit of an on off season for him, and science has been there to pick up the pieces, basically. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so Does Norris, Carlos have a piece there? I don't know what Carlos has. No, we've not seen, we've not seen him in, in it. No, driving around. He lives in Italy, doesn't he? I guess. He yeah. used to live in Woking from McLaren, yeah. so I'm assuming yeah. he's moved. I have no idea where he lives. But mm. um, uh, Lando Norris, P7. Yeah, very quiet race for race weekend for McLaren in general I, and for Norris. I, and but they, they knew that, I think. Yeah, I, obviously not a the, track that suited them. No, the, pre, the pre-race interviews, they had said they're, they're not anywhere near or don't expect to see us up at the top. Um I think they just did okay to get around. I think it was a damage limitation from Lando and, as we said already, slow from Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. S- well, if, slow, but, if yeah. the track didn't suit the car, it would make sense that it would heighten Ricardo's problems that he's been able to be getting on top of. Ex- it, exactly. it would make sense yeah. that it, it showed that up. Uh, Pierre Gasly, what a legend, what a lad. P6, just continuing to bash in the, the solid results as and when he can. Where did he qualify in the end, P- P4, P5, P... He was he, right he, up there, he, Gasly, he was, wasn't he? He was up there, yeah. I've lost my mind now, but, he, but I think P4? it was P4, yeah. Because he was the sandwich. Bottas, Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Gasly, Alonso. Perez came on the inside, Gasly in the middle, Alonso on the outside, punted Alonso off. And considering he had a five-second penalty, he would have been fifth ahead of Hamilton. Yeah. Theoretically, after the, I mean, just based on the timings, he would have been fifth. So, uh, yeah, great, great race from him, great result. And, you know, we're big Gasly fans and he continues to, to impress. Uh, let's just skip past Lewis very quickly, touch on Charles Leclerc, who I think had a great race. You know, we've just been slagging off slightly, but <laughs> he had a great race weekend, he, amazing qualifying once again. He did, but also when he was leading um, and there was that, obviously, that, that tension between the, the pit crew and Charles trying to work out what to do to give up. We had like the best radio. <laughs> the question that Charles said was like, oh, what, I can't was, Could I go was. to the end of the race on these tyres? You no. Know, like, and they said, yeah, if, you, if Bottas doesn't, or can I win? No, no, no. If I stay on this pace, where will I finish? Uh, that or was like, it. what position will I have? If I stick on this pace, what is my position that I can have? And he goes, well, stay ahead of Bottas and you'll win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, which was just the most frank yeah. reply, uh, which, was, which was amazing. We were all in fits of laughter. Um, 
But he did he did make a couple of mistakes, which I can imagine comes down to What mistakes did he make? He had a couple of lockups, didn't he? Like he, he Oh yeah, going into the final well, not the final time, but yeah, he made a couple the, of lockups. The final right. sort of fifteen aggressive to call them mistakes, Paul. Final final fifteen, yeah, but we saw it with Vettel as well, that in imperfect conditions, it was almost as though the pressure got the better. Oh, no, nah, I'm not having any of this. <laughs> I'm not having any. You're just trying to pick holes in a fantastic performance, Michelle, in a car that wasn't ever going to win the race. He wasn't in the race-winning yeah, car. he was car. in the position to win the oh, race. Oh, no, but he was, and he knew it as well. Like, that's why he's asking, like, with this pace, where am I going to finish up? And they're like, oh, P1. It's like, come on, guys, be realistic. Like, no, he no, wasn't going to, no, he no. was We have not... seen this throughout the season where Charles will just hand the place over. Oh, he my God. Is, I'm going to almost stop recording. There is no wheel-to-wheel race racing with Charles because he knows he's got to score points for his championship for Ferrari to beat McLaren to fit finishes well he's not got the pace that car's not there he would have fought and he has fought it at certain places when he's needed to or when there's an actual opportunity when, when? I can't remember the races exactly but they're not but your memory's so good from Turkey 20 2002 where Michael Schumacher and Alonso fought. But you can't remember this season where Charlotte Clark has gone wheel to wheel with someone to defend his position. Uh, there will be plenty of examples. <laughs> People will be able to tell me online. But right then and there, he had a massive pace disadvantage to Bottas. Like, Bottas was catching him at like four seconds a lap. What's he going to do? Like, just literally just dive all over the track to kind of keep Bottas behind him? If it's he, pointless. If, if he wanted to win the He's race, burning up the tyres yes. more and he's going to end up in a crash. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that he's had mistakes and it's a classic example of Leclerc just faltering again i think he did a at great one, result at one, at one point i thought he would be a world champion but he's just not i dri- mean he's not just dri- he's not driving like you're one. saying this to wind me up now so <laughs> i'd say solid weekend he could have been p3 unfortunately could have been p1 <laughs> but sergio perez was the man that took it away from him and rightly so because out of nowhere checo out. perez no, no, no. His time management has been amazing all season. But it wasn't even time management. He was quick. He was on well, it. Uh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's, he's quick, but also his time management is insane. Theoretically, yes. Historically, yes. I don't know if that's 100% true this year, because whilst he's maybe kept life in the tyres, he's had no pace doing it. That's true. You know, what he was amazing at Racing Point of Force India was keeping life in the tyres and being competitive. Mm. This year, okay, fine, he might be able to do long stints, but... He's off the pace. In, yeah, in comparison to what Max is able to do in that car. So to see him manage the Inters well and then be able to slice his way through the field, defend incredibly against Lewis, that was, oh, we all said it at the time, and Verstappen fans, yes, we're still here to wind you up. <laughs> that would have been a crash if that was Verstappen yeah, and Hamilton. Yeah. It would have been a crash. And we were in a group of six or seven of us. Yeah. The majority were Max fans. We were the only Hamilton fans. In the we room. we were the only Hamilton. We were on our own sofa um, because we were the only, we were only the, we were the only Hamilton fans, and they everyone agreed that the the racing and, and action and defending from Perez um, had a much higher chance of it being a crash if that was if that was Verstappen. Yeah, well, we just um, haven't seen Hamilton and Verstappen be able to race like that because mm, it's just always been a crash. Yeah, and and but Perez did his job unbelievably considering. That aggressive move where Lewis basically boshed him off into the pit lane and, he, and Perez had to go around the cone, uh, which when you look back on that footage, you're like, is that allowed? <laughs> Classic Lewis. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it was, it was so intense because there was so much at stake. Perez obviously needing to do it for his team 
and getting the 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 point difference as big as possible for Max. It wasn't he wasn't even racing. Well, he was racing for himself, but. Not really. It was a team. He was it doing was, it for the team yeah. at that point. What, he was not going, oh, I must keep sixth position or whatever I'd, it was at the I'd, time. I would have loved to have known what was going on inside those two helmets as they were trying to, as Lewis was trying to get around Perez. <laughs> piss off! <laughs> Go, piss off! Go away! But he must, he must know that Perez is an unbelievable racer. Oh, yeah. And look, like, you know, as I say, this is not a new thing. He's not a rookie. No, You know, exactly. they've all been racing yeah, him for yeah. years. And, and I think Lewis would have known in that scenario, as Perez would have known, that both of them racing hard, and again, Verstappen fans are going to be right in here going, no way, Lewis just punts everyone off, <laughs> that they were given each other enough of space and respect of how to race that closely. And that's, that's what we want to see in F1, right? That's what we love. That's what we're crying out for. And it can happen between, between Verstappen and Hamilton, both the best racers of their eras and future eras, mm. but for something about them, the red mist descends on both of them when they meet on the track. And we just haven't had a chance to see these epic battles like we saw with Perez and Hamilton or we've seen with Rosberg and Hamilton or Weber and Alonso or whoever it might be, you know, these epic wheel-to-wheel fights. I, 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 I think it just comes down to how close the championship is. Is, is, is by far the, the biggest thing in they both, Max Bord Lewis, see the opportunities there and then and and feel like it needs to happen now yeah we we've definitely spoken about it in previous episodes they just both see red i think i think they're both as much to blame as each other in most of these scenarios whatever has happened in previous seasons and this year they meet on track and they're just like ah yeah um so anyway it was epic to see and great result from perez and i think he was ecstatic to be back on the podium and good for him it needed to happen that was it was a race for the number two drivers. Mm. Because whilst we have a lonely race for Verstappen in P2, who even said staying awake was his yeah. hardest job. That, show, that shows just... I was going to bring it up at the beginning of the podcast, but the, facts that Max came, the fact that Max came out and said that shows how, from a spectator point of view, and the hype around, it's going to be a wet race. Look at, the, look at the mist. Look at the visibility. Are these inters going to last? shows the, the difference that the teams and the drivers had in comparison to knowing just what that race could do. Um, and the fact that Max came out in the post-race interview and said, yeah, the, the hardest thing was just staying awake shows how he obviously wasn't falling asleep. Um, but I think it was fairly monotonous. You know, if you accidentally play f1 2021 on your xbox accidentally no no no. accidentally select 100 percent race length and then all of a sudden i don't know who does that but go on well i've done it (laughs) and then you realize that you've got 65 laps of the same circuit sat on your sofa um i can imagine that's kind of what he felt yeah it was a semi-damage limitation i think maybe they could have extracted a bit more pace but Mercedes had that pace advantage this weekend and they, they knew it as well and Bottas like Perez delivered when they needed to he stepped up to the plate faultless weekend okay inherited the pole but then it was a it was a vintage Bottas race you mm. know he just got out front managed the pace beautifully did not make a mistake and dominated and yeah. that was Consider, the bo- considering his last race at Turkey oh my god a year ago when he had nine spins or something a hundred percent would have been playing on his mind all weekend and especially going into the race on Sunday and it being wet. wet. Oh, God, not this again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm P1. I've got a job to deliver for my team. 
I don't even think it crosses his mind that I'm leaving here at the end of the season. I think I think he's going into every single race going, how can I get a, a Constructors' Championship for Mercedes? How can I be a part of that? Yeah, and, it's and his legacy, the, right? Exactly. And in the process, obviously, help Lewis get another world championship. And if I'm honest, I think I, the, all I would disagree with you on is that I think there's a part of it which is like, I probably need to get a f- few more victories because is it ever going to happen? Again. As in, oh yes, I think there's a slight thought of on his mind, which is like, you know, yeah, moments yeah. of being selfish. Get a few faster slaps, take, get take, a few poles if I can, a, take advantage, of and take a position. couple of victories when I get the moment. Because who knows when I'm next going to win a race? And it looked like he was really enjoying that champagne. Yes, it's been a year since his last victory, but I think there was something on his mind which was like, not sure when this is next yeah. going to be possible. Saving so, the moment, saving the moment. So yeah, solid, solid result for him. Oh, um, did he save the moment? Last night on Monday in Monaco, didn't he? When we saw him cruising in his AMG GT Black Seas. Go on, Val 3. But, um, Lewis. So, I thought it was a a great performance for him. (laughs) This is when all of the Max fans switch on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Close. There's been some, I mean, people have been really going in on, you know, should he or shouldn't he have, you know, one is what's called pit or not pit or blah, blah. Mm. I think it's because he questioned it and then obviously it turned out not to be so good. Everything's wonderful in hindsight. I think Martin Brundle came out today saying, oh, it's Lewis's fault. Lewis messed it up. He stayed out too long. He should have listened to the team in day one. But we literally just came off the back of a race in Russia where driver and teams worked in synergy perfectly or didn't work in synergy perfectly. And we saw that prime example of where you can or can't trust your team. And so sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it works out doesn't. And that's all that we were seeing here is that Hamilton was out on track based on last year's experience and the pace that he felt he had. He was like, I can do this. I can manage it to the end. The team is saying, no, we really think you should pit. And at some point he went, right, I'll trust you. You nailed it last weekend. I've got to listen yeah. to you. I've got to trust you. But it was totally within his right. And I think it was appropriate for him to try and fight to stay out if he felt like that was the thing to do. I mean, this is, this is what we want. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. And everyone's treating it like this huge moment. Yeah, I, I, I think mainly because of the way that he sounded on the radio. Mm. Um, and, and that just, that just comes from his, um, the, it's his, it's his winning. His the, racing spirit. Yeah, exactly. In, in any sport, if you are a professional elite athlete, you have these heightened competitiveness, um, elements to your DNA that mean when you lose or you are losing, you you come across as a bit of a spoiled brat. You come across as a little bit of a sore loser. Um, and you will see that across every single sport. It's pretty much the same personality. Um, and that's what we saw because Lewis knows how important that point deficit is that weekend. So he knows how much is on the line with every single decision. And I also feel like towards the end of the race, when he realized that they brought him in a little bit too late, that part of that was his fault in in the decision-making process because he had missed that kind of sweet spot in the window where the pits, the pit crew had obviously done the math and the timings to be like, if we bring bring him in now, he'll get through that sort of like um, graining phase in the tyres, come on song for the last five laps of the race and, and maybe get another position back. But the fact that Lewis came back and said, no, these tyres feel okay, I want to stay out, that comes down, like, Mercedes listened to him because of his experience and because they trust him as much as Lewis trusts his team to the... It was... 
a hard watch from a for, for a Lewis fan, but I think both 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 decisions. Either he come in the pit. I'm waffling now, but basically, I think it would have been the same result. Yeah, this is the thing. For for me, it, you know, it's been made this huge deal out of, and I'm a bit like, meh. Like, yeah. okay, fine. He could have potentially been third. We think maybe, or he was running third at least. He was would running he, third. But I, I think I, Perez I would have definitely yeah, got him. Yeah. So that's fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got to see maybe Leclerc would have, but. So, okay, fine, you gain one point. And I know this is going to be a big deal in the championship, right? You know, all of these point swings, this is what's going to come, it's going to come down through whenever the championship is decided, you're going to look back on these moments and say, oh, you know, that Verstappen DNF or that moment that Hamilton did the wrong pick or whatever, that's what's going to have decided it. But in the moment, it was what it was. They had to react to the situations. It was probably more risky to leave him out. Yes, he might have been third, he might have been fourth, he might have been fifth, but... He, it, it is he could, what it he is. Could, he could have had a tyre blower. He could have had a like, tyre blower. His tyres were down to the canvas, so... Do you risk that for the potential of getting a third or a fourth, or do you bring him in, take the fifth, and 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 not risk the potential of him having a tire blow spinning out and not getting any points altogether? Well, I think your point that you're trying to make is if they had, if he had pitted on the first time Mercedes asked him, maybe he would have got through that kind of graining stage, build up the pace, and been able to go and attack Leclerc and P- Perez, so potentially reclimbed up through the field. But either way, it is what it is. I think as a race, starting eleventh, taking that fresh uh, power unit, or sorry, it was fresh engine, uh, Verstappen being in P2, great job from Bottas. Yeah, it's it's really not the worst case scenario no. it could have been. F- flip Max and Lewis. Max would have had exactly the same reaction that Lewis did. Max would have been fuming. Oh yeah, any driver. Any, any driver. Any, they're running any, P3. Any driver. I, yeah, I'm using I'm using yeah. them too because they're fighting for the world championship. So it it means more. Any driver of course, but when you're when you're fighting for maximum points, um that's not a, a particularly just Lewis that would be and again he's like, very vocal about it isn't he he does love a mate a moan a complain a moan a loves a fiery it. what are you doing man yeah he, why do you do yeah. that man like it's, it's always it's his, it's his go-to that's why we love him his fiery <laughs> personality but anyway I mean I, I, I'm shocked we managed to drag out the Turkish Grand Prix so much because <laughs> we did get to the end of the Grand Prix and go oh what are we really going to talk about but things did happen I think it was just expectations at least for us were too high let us know in the comments section below if you're watching here on youtube were your expectations as high as ours and were you disappointed or did you actually think it was some kind of a weird strategic classic i somehow doubt it but who knows (laughs) uh if you are watching here on youtube make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes of after the checkered flag and of course behind the glass continues later this week as well Uh, if you want to follow paul he's at wallace pjw or supercars london on most social media platforms Uh, i'm at seen through glass on most social media platforms and of course if you're watching you can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And most of your podcast players will be back with you in not too long for the US Grand Prix. Two weeks. Two weeks. Catch up with the end. Bye-bye. See ya.